Real estate is win the a game. game. <laughs> I don't think people mention that enough. Right. Like there's I, there's crossover with video games mm-hmm. and this. You know what I mean? How like, do you remember those? I haven't played video games since the 80s, but it was like you leveled to the net. You know what I mean? That's all this is. It's like you conquer. Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours one level and then you're like I want it bigger better you know what I mean welcome to turning profit a podcast for people that love real estate learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources and now here are your hosts Pete and Heather Reese Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast, and it's so great to have my special guest here, Heather Reese. <laughs> Wait, you're my special oh, guest. Oh, okay. Or co-host, I should say. Oh, thanks. It's official now? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so yeah, today we've got a really interesting topic in store for us all. And what is that going to be, Heather? It's all about fire. Do you right. even, You're not really into this whole movement, are you? What? Fire? Uh-huh. Yeah, I like fire. Keeps you warm. Really advanced society over the years. What does it mean? Uh, Financial independence, retire early. I'm impressed. Did you have to look that up before we started talking about it? No, it just came to me. It just came to me. (laughs) That's funny. I know the basics. Mm -hmm. You're the expert. So I let you deal with everything financial in our family. So you kind of... You kind of keep the ship steered in the direction that we want to go, and uh, I just come along for the ride. Oh, that's very nice of you. Well, I depend on you to make the money, especially these okay. days. So I guess okay. it's, it's divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's funny because I know that us personally, well, we we definitely want to fire, but we don't want to fire like everyone else wants to fire, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so I think it's kind of funny because our take on it's completely different than other people's. And, but I still really love the whole movement because I think at its basis, it's pretty cool. And one thing I've noticed, and maybe I'm totally off on this, but everywhere that I'm reading it, it's very male centric. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe just the women aren't as talkative. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that there's women like, are talkative. That's very nice. <laughs> Send hate mail to <laughs> Reese at, uh, I don't know, one of your emails. Reese at turningprofit.com. There we sure. go. Send, okay. me, send me hate emails. It's fine. <laughs> You live for those. Yes. Uh, I think it's funny, though, because you can get away with the girl jokes to us because or women jokes because it's we make fun of you. Like it's our token male constantly. So when you can finally get something yeah. in as a dig, it's you're no, very proud of yourself. It's not a dig. I mean, women are more talkative generally. Maybe. I don't know. I've met some men that are pretty talkative. Okay. And then right. I've met a lot of women that are like. like I wish I was more talkative sometimes. Don't it's you not, think you I don't are? think it's a negative uh, trait. So. See, I think you're. I I'm pretty talkative, not, I guess. Yeah. But. You're friendly. Mm-hmm. Too friendly sometimes. I'm like Pete, stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my mom didn't teach me very well about that. I don't know. You and our youngest don't have stranger danger. You just have friends uh-huh. that you have uh, friends you haven't met. 
Right. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. I have very few enemies. Do you remember one time this is totally off <laughs> I don't have any enemies. No, no, exactly. Like someone has to, I'm like, Pete, that is not. And you're like, oh, really? Like you're just so optimistic that it's hilarious. And I'm like, that guy literally is, you know, trying to scam you outside of Mexico airports. I don't know. We won't get into details. But I remember one time Emmy, our youngest, was learning about that kind of thing. Totally off topic. But she wrote something down. She's like, I got it figured out, mommy. And I was like, what? She's like, she was like, I heard they, they friends are just uh, – are strangers we haven't met yet, except for murderers, because they'll try to kill you. And she was like all proud of herself that she like figured out the world. I was like, man, this is going to be difficult. Yeah. She was like three. Yeah. Yeah. That's just her personality type, I uh-huh. guess. She's just like you. Mm-hmm. She sees the good in everybody. Right. But anyway, so no idea how that happened. Right. But sure. let's talk about fire. Yeah, I was like, and how did that? And, and I guess the tie-in for us is that we feel that the land flipping model is a really good complement to the fire movement mm-hmm. because it would allow you to fire faster. I mean, I think so. And I mean, I'm sure everyone we'll knows. We'll get into why. Yeah. But. And especially like um, a hidden way, the avenue that we have discovered, I'm sure we haven't discovered, but we use ourselves. That's mm-hmm. you probably don't even, do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. You sure. Don't. Okay. You don't. That's cool. Um, but first I want to talk about what fire really is, right? So it's like the whole movement is that you retire early. So, or I guess it started with financial independence, which is what, like, in the 2000s or something, like, when we were becoming, like, adult adults, that was a big thing. I want financial independence. And then it was, like, taken up a notch by being able to just literally retire early. So it's not just about being financially independent. It's about retiring and you're done working. And then there's all these different types. There's, like, barista fire where you work at Starbucks so that you can – or not just Starbucks, but, like, that's the kind of showpiece. So you get – you don't have to worry about medical. Right. And you so, get a little so bit of So this money. is after you save up what you need right. to save up and then you just get a job like like at Starbucks or something like that in order to take care of health care. Right. Yeah. So whatever mm-hmm. that minimum is and maybe to keep contributing to retirement, like there's certain little things. And then there's lean fire where it's like you save up not that much money, but you you fire, you're done and you move to like a third world country where you can really stretch that. I mean, these are the extremes I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could do it in the U.S. too and stuff, but you stretch that um, that amount of money. Okay. Then there's chubby fire where it's like, you know, it's more of a upper middle class fire. So, you know, you're not really skimping. You're not working at Starbucks or whatever. Then there's fat fire, which is like where you, you know, maybe I don't even know what the minimum would be, 10 million. I guess it depends on where you live too, right? Because in California, that I don't know how long even ten million dollars would last you if you wanted to like live big, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm sure that there's a five thousand other sublets, but those are just kind of the yeah. So, so basic concept is you save up enough money mm-hmm. so you've got financial independence. You don't have to worry about working, and then you live a certain type of lifestyle after that. Right, depending on what your goals, how are. much you save up, or what your goals are, what kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. you want. Right? Exactly. But we do it different. Like, so when I use the term fire with you, first of all, you're like, okay, whatever, Heather, like you and your acronyms. But um, it's to us, it's different. Do you remember last time I talked to you about it? Or do you want me to? You talk about it frequently with me. Uh, This morning. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what I was talking about, how that? Yes, I do remember. I think you're the better one to put it it into words because you you said it very um, succinctly. And I'd rather you say it so I don't butcher that. Let's see if I can remember it. Because that's mm-hmm. the one thing. I come running into your office and I'm like, Pete, Pete. And this is exactly what I mean. And I'm like, and remember it because I won't remember it in five minutes. And you're like, got it. And then it's a, you know, anyone's guess if either of us will remember. But it's like our mindset is that we want to be able to retire to the extent that we don't have to worry about skimping or caring about pricing and stuff like that. There's a level of wealth where we don't have to. So we've retired, in essence, from having to work. 
And so that we can then do things like it's, you know, of course, of course, it's not like cost is no issue, but where we can live the lifestyle that we're accustomed to, the lifestyle that we want. So it's like, okay, we hit our fire number, which I don't even know if we have a fire number. It's more like a feeling, you know, and we've pretty much at this point could fire, but not to the level that I would be happy with, right? Like I'm, I feel like we're still in the accumulation phase. You don't want to move to Guatemala? Right. No, I don't think Guatemala wants me, but I don't know. Actually, I'd love to go there, but don't, don't do this to me. Don't take me on travel things in my brain. Cause then I'm going to start talking about random places. You know that I'm, I need to stay focused, especially with travel. So our whole goal is, and I think that there's a big movement in this aspect of people that want to fire and maybe they want to retire from the idea of having to work. Right. So it's not, you know, and I guess you could still lean fire. I don't know how that works, but it's not. So you don't actually have to do it. It's just that like I've reached the level where I've hit my fire number and I'm choosing to do everything at this point from here on out. And if that means, but I don't want to give up working because I enjoy it. And I think a lot of people think that there's some sort of negativity to enjoying working or or the word working at all. Although do you consider yourself, do you work? No, no. I enjoy what I'm doing every mm-hmm. day. And actually, I am happiest when I'm progressing towards something, working right. towards something, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. So what I'm doing is not really work. work. Right. Like someone will ask me like, oh, do you work? And I'll be like, no, I, I, no, I, don't, I don't really work. And then I'll get, they'll be like, okay, so can we reschedule or can we schedule this appointment for this time? Like, oh no, I've got something for work. They're like, you just said you don't work. And I'm like, okay, like that. Yeah, that's true. I, I totally get that. So- I'm like, what I mean is that I'm not working for somebody else, so I can do that, but that doesn't fit into- You're not working for the man? For the man. <laughs> for the man. Isn't that so funny? Yeah, yeah. Too funny. Working for the man. Um, so I think that it's not just, I think you can incorporate a fire thing and not feel like you have to fire. Okay. Can I put it, can I put it in some different words? If, yes, if I'm please, because understanding this re, concept um, correctly. Re, we repackage what I'm trying to say. No, I, I mean, I think- I think you want to get to the point, or our goal is to get to the point where we've got enough wealth accumulated, where we call the shots, we do whatever we want to do. We're not driven by money anymore. It's more of, you know, whatever progress we want to make in our lives. But and we, elevate it, right, too. Maybe elevate, like, yes. like It's like, okay, we're not driven by this, but I want to elevate the experience of living. Where we feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough, where we can take care of our family, our, our extended family, and causes and things that are important to us. And, and not have to worry about the money side of things. Yeah. And for me too, it's um, the past few years, I've realized how important it is for me to be able to be there for like the kids. And of course, two of them are adults. So it's not really that one, those as much, but like our youngest one, it's, it goes by so quick. And I think a lot of parents can relate to that. You know, like when she was born, I made a conscious decision. Like I'm going to enjoy the heck out of her childhood. Right. And I did, but now it's like, okay, she just turned 13 and I want to be able to take her to all those things. So it's like, living a lifestyle that I can work in what brings me joy, which is working because I do enjoy working, which I just said I don't work, but you know what I mean? Like, like contributing to our family's finances, but have the flexibility to do it like, you know, on my terms. Right. So I can be, that's my priority and I can fit in the rest. Um, And I think that the land is different than, I mean, it's not different than other real estate endeavors, except for that. It's not like you're showing houses. You're not like, I think there's so many different ways that you can do real estate that can make that a reality. So you don't have to give up real estate Mm -hmm. just because you fired, but you need to find the niche of real estate that you enjoy. And that's like the secret to all of it. You know, maybe there's someone here who's like, I'm a commercial real estate uh, broker or investor and I just don't like it, but I do like real estate. And I think that that's, you got 
a little hung up in that for a while too. It was like you got so burned out in doing one aspect of it. And you've done a lot of different aspects. And I should also say that when you've done them, it's been during concentrations where it was like intense. It wasn't like you were in a normal market and you chose a lot of these things. It was like you've been thrown into Chosen the by necessity almost. Yeah. And by market condition, you know, I guess that would include it. But, and I think that this last time you were, you actually looked at the big picture of real estate and you said, I know I want to get back into it, but I don't want to do these things. And I don't enjoy this as much. Well, what's that leave me? And then you went on this like discovery of what sounds fun. And, and the type of personality that likes the land investing is kind of that, it's like someone who likes the rush, right? But that also has the focus to be analytical. That's not scared to try new things. And that really gets into research, you know? Uh, and then I think that the next level, if you really want to take it up, you have to be someone who is a good team builder or team leader or is willing to learn how to manage a team. Because there's only so much you can do as a person, one person. Right. Although, you know, Pete, 15 years ago, probably would have gone all in. It would have been a family affair again. Those kids that are now young adults would have been doing the, the uh, I don't even know what we would have had them. They would have been answering the phone lines. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then you get to a, an age where you're like, I'm too tired to do that if I also want to focus on other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I mean, really what I like about it is that I guess it land is unique in that the returns are pretty spectacular, mm-hmm. I'd say, as opposed to maybe putting your money in the stock market or investing in, in some other type of things. I mean, we've got properties and it's pretty standard to do a hundred percent return on our money in 60 days, mm-hmm. you know, on an investment. So if you kind of multiply that out, if you take that money and every 60 days you're, you're doubling your money, it can accelerate really fast. And I'm not saying that this is, I'm not saying it just so to you know, kind of blow smoke and, and kind of talk about this business model. Thank that, you for that visual. <laughs> well, I don't know. Appreciate I, that. I, I'm, I don't want to make it sound too good to be true. But honestly, there are very few business models out there that allow you to have that kind of returns. I mean, you have to put in the time. You have to understand what you're doing. And there's risk. But, right. Especially as you're trying to fine tune it and figure it out and stuff. And, and that's the thing. There's always risk. And there's mm-hmm. risk in these as well. I mean, thankfully, we haven't lost money on any deal mm-hmm. yet. Knock on wood. I but think we will. We will. I oh, mean, it's coming. Is, I know it's coming. Yeah, our goal is then, not to lose money, but. Right. So it's, it's going to happen at some time. I'm going to make a mistake. I mean, Ellen, I'm going to ridicule you so hard. I have hard. made one mistake in the past. No, that's, that's, I'm just joking. <laughs> Wait, but, me? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> I kicked him under the table. <laughs> that's, that's a bad joke. Um, is that what you were getting at? No, it wasn't actually. Because I was like, that was made impressive. It, sound, it made it sound that but, way. But. And then you were like, oh no. <laughs> Any investment. requires, you know, some level of risk. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we haven't lost money yet doesn't mean we're not going to lose money in the future because the more and more we do this, the more transaction deals we do. We are going to lose money. But mm-hmm. as a as a whole- On a, on a single purchase and sale. On a single Not purchase. like in a year or on a month. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. 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 And I guess anything's possible. That's right. probably possible too, right. you know. But I I don't want to make it seem like it's it's too easy. But but there's ways that we've mitigated that too. Mm-hmm. It's not like we went in on our first mailing and spent two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a place that we were unsure of, and then you just bought everything. Like it's easy to say that there's risks, there's risks in everything. But that's why your job as an adult and in life is to mitigate risk. Right. And if you are not good at mitigating risk, I hope that you're partnered with somebody who is, or you have a parent that is, or you have 
a team best members. friend or a team member, someone in your life that is your um, risk mitigation expert that yes. you come to them and you say, yeah. I have this crazy idea. In our relationship, that is Heather. Right. I'm Debbie Downer. Again, right. I'm so sorry to, to Debbie. All Debbies, because you don't deserve that. But. Yes, Debbie. I'm sorry about that. I know. Um, but really, you're the one that keeps me in check. I'm I'm the one that's probably on the aggressive side, the eternal optimist, and you keep me in check sometimes. Right, which is a good balance because, well, you know, I want to talk about something where you took a risk, I didn't take a risk, and now I'm sitting in the wallows of, wallops of despair. I don't know. Some saying like that. <laughs> Wallows of despair, I think is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, just go with it. Um, our retirement accounts. So I only put it in the stock market. Uh-huh. Okay. And you started putting it in the stock market. And then you also sold a little during a down market. Right. Right. Yes. Which to me, I was like, oh, I'd never do that. Like, why would you do that? You're so stupid. I didn't say that to you. Well, you're thinking no, though, apparently. No. <laughs> um, but then you decided to take that and invest it in land, right? Right. And now your value with real estate and all this kind of stuff is three times what mine is. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's okay because if you die, I still get it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that Let's leads, that leads to, that. to another thing mm-hmm. that's really interesting about this business model. You can actually buy land and flip it within a self a solo 401k or a self-directed IRA if you've got mm-hmm. the right one set up. Please talk to your financial advisor and your retirement person to verify exactly. Pete's claims, but <laughs> it's our understanding yeah. and that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can you can basically take these pro you can buy them with your, you know, retirement account and then mm-hmm. you can flip it, resell it, and then that money gets wired back into your retirement account and at the end of the day, you're going to hopefully have a lot more money than what you started with. Right. And okay, if we look at the numbers too, I, this is actually one that I thought was really interesting because I think the stock market, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even know if you know current numbers, even though you were a stockbroker at one point. I think they say like you want 7 8% return over the life of the whole thing is what you kind of are. Yeah. I mean, I think that's yearly, very, whatever. very realistic mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully hope for, hope for more, but you know, right. you never know. Right. And that means like, and that's assuming that you're cost average, you know, like you're buying during highs and lows and mm-hmm. you take it out during dollar cost averaging. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're doing you're you're not taking it out on a dip, you know, and that when it comes to when you have to take those mandatory withdrawals that you're it's not a bad market. You know what I mean? Like all these right. different things. All these things that you can't control. Right. And I mean that's not bad. Like I think about it like if you start really young when you're twenty or something in a regular, that's not bad, right? right? That's that's good. It's and if you put it in safer, if that even is a thing in the stock market uh, options, it's not a bad idea. But then you take it up a whole new notch, and let's say that you invest. You know, I should have run the whole numbers, and maybe mm-hmm. I will do that on a different one. But like, it, so like, let's say that my I put a hundred thousand dollars in, and every year in a perfect market, it it's going up thousands of dollars, right? Like in a perfect market. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you do it and where you're buying land and you buy a hundred thousand dollar piece of land mm-hmm. and then you make you keep moving that money and like let's say you only move it twice and you make fifty thousand dollars on each one, mm-hmm. that's you've now turned it into two hundred thousand in that one year. There's absolutely no way that my well, that's not true. But in my more conservative stock market Right. In your index funds, that's not gonna right, happen. Right. Right. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I, I hate speaking in definitives, but it would be there's no scenario in which I can physically see that mm-hmm. that happens, right? And you just keep doing that, or let's say you just do one deal a year and it's fifty thousand a year. You know what I mean? Like, or and you say I'm only going to invest the profits, like I'm not going to touch that that initial hundred thousand because mm-hmm. you're, I don't know, 
No, you want to be conservative. Sure. I was like, you're, you're going to be Heather. But to me, that's just like mind blowing. Right. So, so in reality, I, I think there's, there's a couple of different ways that the land flipping can tie, tie into the fire movement. Mm-hmm. Number one, it can actually help you fire much faster than you were originally anticipating. Mm-hmm. How? Well, if you build that, if you build that nest egg, say you've got that, that account or whatever that area is where you're accumulating this wealth in order to try to someday, you know, retire. Okay. So when like people are doing fire, they're thinking, I'm going to, I need to create that income every year. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of them will put it into stocks and bonds or, or whatever they're, they're, they have right. to have some sort of investment vehicle right. or they just have enough money and they're going to, they're like, I'm just going to take that percentage every year and it's going to, I'm going to die at zero. Right. Okay. So you're saying though. You you would accumulate a pool of money, you know, mm-hmm. however fast you can do it or what, mm-hmm. whatever that pool of money is. You could accelerate that pool of money uh, considerably faster than you would by other means. And then when you get it to a certain point, you can then start piecing off parts of that or even all of it and directing it into income generating type assets. It could be a business that's run on autopilot that's generating income. Mm-hmm. It could be a multifamily apartment complex that, you know, it's your, you know, that, that nest egg is then your down payment to there. And then you're bringing in all this income from that. So having that, that pool of capital that you can accelerate much faster allows you so many more options and allows you ways that you can bring in income that you need to, in order to, to fire the way you want to. Mm-hmm. I think of it as like um, a couple um, or two people or one person, whatever, that has a nine to five job and they're very good at like saving like and not spending. And it's funny because we're not like that. Like our thing, I'm actually a saver at heart. Mm. I, I've talked about before. I love coupons. Like to this day, I love coupons. But I've realized that if I focus more on supporting ways, like spending more money to support our life so that we could work smarter and harder in other ways that make more money. You know what I mean? It comes down to things like a housekeeper or whatever, right? Like you think, oh gosh, I shouldn't spend that because I can put that money aside. Well, if you spend that and you spend, so let's say you spend a couple hundred dollars a month getting your house clean. Let, let's just say it's once a month or for secret, or secret for ease of explaining, right? Pay someone to do that. Take those hours that they're cleaning your house and you focus on flipping land, learning about an area. You have the opportunity then to make way more doing it that way than saving that $200. And I think that that's kind of a turn in the movement too, is that people are getting smarter to that. It's not just about saving, it's about smart making. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where the land really can come into play in the sense that you don't have to dedicate, you could turn it into another full-time job, which I think is what you should do. And, And I think as you build it up, it would be hard not to, unless you love your job. You know, I'm sure there's some physicians that love their job, they're not gonna do it, or attorneys or you know, even tech people who really love writing code, like they, this is just what they want to do, but you can add it on and you can scale it to that level. And I think that, um, being smart and how you're spending is great being strategic, but it's more important in creating that time so that you can invest it in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing too, I thought, I think it's interesting that we, I, I've talked to the girls about wanting to, you know, like fire and they're 20, 22, 12 year old or 13 year old doesn't care yet. I mean, she's, she has no plans to ever work, so it's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she but probably doesn't. Well, I mean, at 13, yeah. right? Like, but the other ones are already thinking, well, they're fully funding retirement accounts at this point. So, And that's their safety goal. And by the way, they want to start investing 
like in land in theirs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're thinking, well, why am I, especially in a down market, it makes you realize like maybe this isn't the only option. But by starting young, so if you're you know in your early 20s and you're watching this, the younger you start to invest in your retirement account, like they said something like if you invested the first 10 years, 20 to 30, and then never invested another penny, it's going to make way more than it does if you started at 30, you know, the mm-hmm. value will be more there. So I think that it's the same thing with the land. Like if you're starting young and you start that, that snowballing effect, you're going to be able to retire way younger than everybody else without that extra added bump to it. And the same though, like, I mean, we're in our forties. It's not, thankfully we're both still in our forties, right? Yes. I love teasing Pete about this. He's older than me, three yes. and a half years. So, hmm. and I'll make that count every single year. Um, but it's funny though, because it's like, okay, well then at this point, we're not in our young twenties, right? Or early twenties, young twenties. So we know we need to kick it up a notch, but yet I have more energy now to do it than I did then. Yeah. I know a lot more than I did when I was that age. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? All right. But, and I think that's funny because you know, you're an adult, adult, adult when you know, you don't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. The older you get, the more you realize, Wow. Mm-hmm. didn't really, I don't really know as much as I thought I did when I was younger. And I want to, and I mm-hmm. want to like talk to every single person out there that, you know what I mean? Like when people mention real estate, I'm like, totally like, tell me everything, you know, because every, it's funny because you can talk to other people doing land and it's so different. Like there's oh, so yes. many subspecialties of land, you right. know, so it can play into like the investing in the retirement that can help you do it. Right. You talked about how you could actually catapult your, to get your fire number a lot quicker. But I think, and you also talked about this too, but I think this is important. And I think that this is really something, it's something I ask every person that we interview that does all different types of land, or I'm no, sorry, land, uh, real estate. Where are you investing your money? Because mm-hmm. some of them don't invest in real estate. Like, right. And by that, I mean, they make their money in real estate. They take that profit and they put it somewhere else. Or most of them are some other specialty of real estate. Okay, these are my long-term. This is my money generating and this is my long-term. And I think that is so important because if you have money generating you could do different levels, you know, like you might have your nine to five that you love. Okay, great. And then you do the land on top of that or some other real estate on top of that. And then you have that next level where you, so you've multiplied this money and it's now, you know, 10 times in this thing. And then you take all the profit from this and you put it over here and that's your long-term holds. Right. So where are your favorite long-term holds? Well, we are putting our long-term hold money into multifamily properties for the most part. Well, we bought a motel too, so there is that. <laughs> but I guess uh, multifamily in mm-hmm. some way, right? Yeah, and um, yeah, that motel we need to, to get it's working. A, it's huh? a project. <laughs> we bought it as a project, and we should actually do an episode breaking down Just talking our project all about on that. that. Yes. Yeah, very very interesting project, and and uh, it'll be great when it's done. Just taking a while to get there. Uh, I, it's very interesting to me, and especially with our background in travel blogging and traveling and stuff. We were very specific in what we wanted it to be and, and mm-hmm. do and stuff, but then also taking into account the housing um, market crunch for rentals, you know, especially location specific, it kind of has made us kind of think about it. We should do an episode on that. But when you're doing multifamily, are you in it for appreciation? What? Why? What? Are, what's our goal with that? Wealth accumulation. Well, we know that over time, first of all, there's major tax benefits in order to invest in those type of properties. When you're generating an active income with with real estate like we are, since we're real estate professionals, we're able to uh, get a big tax write-off basically when we purchase long-term hold type properties. So that's one reason to do it. Another reason is that 
uh, will be able to pay off those properties over time. And actually the tenants will be paying. We're not paying them off. (laughs) The tenants will be Uh paying off those properties over time. And uh, they'll be actually increasing in value over time as well. Right. So it's kind of like a a triple win. Right. And then, yeah. And um, income coming in throughout the years too, not just paying it off. Um, And I always like, you hear the nightmare landlord stories and like, it's also my goal to kind of change that. Like I want to be a good landlord. Mm -hmm. Like I think if enough people are, Think of it that way. There will be change. Yeah, we always talk about how when you go to Disneyland. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, they do things right. They are supremely focused on the maintenance of their properties, the Mm -hmm. continuous cleanup, and just making sure they've got a good product out there. So why can't you translate that into your multifamily properties? Maybe maybe not to that right. level because it wouldn't be cost effective. Mm-hmm. But you can put in the most effort that you can to make sure your properties are very well maintained and someplace that, that people would actually want to live. Yeah, I, I think of it too, would, would I want to live in there? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, maybe not the location for me or whatever. You know, I'm not the ideal tenant. Obviously, because especially since I live in Southern California and these aren't here. I think about would I want my kids to live there, you know, and that's not hard. It's not to say that we're going to have like the perfect daisies lined up. No, but I want it to be fully functional. I want it to be clean and I want it to be well kept, you know, and maybe that means less profit. That's okay for me because it's like a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a long-term investment. And I think that there needs to be the whole pride of ownership in, which I think is a banned word, right? And you can't say that in listings. I can't remember from my old right. real estate days, yes. but, but for the landlord to own, they need to have, you know, show pride of ownership and maybe not make as much money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I really agree. I'd rather our names attached to something which I'm very proud of rather right. than something I don't want people to know about that we're actually the owners of. Right. It. You know, and on the flip side, I know that you're at just like Disneyland. You read the reviews and people are like, worst day ever. And you're like, man, you know what I mean? Like, that is funny. If you want something uh, funny to do sometime, go go on Google and read all the one-star reviews for Disneyland. Uh-huh. And it's Disney like, World. man. I mean, you can't make everyone happy. No. And, you know, but I know that at the heart of it, Disneyland, for the most part, does everything they can to provide a great experience. Right. You know, and everything with their customer service. It's like, if you're going to emulate a company, there's other ones too, but that's, that's the one that I go to, you know, mm-hmm. and you pay a premium for it. You know, there's other theme parks around that, don't charge as much, but they're not as popular mm-hmm. and they keep things fresh. It's like, actually, that's a really good case study when you're building up how you want your customer relations to be when you're dealing with people that are, you're sending letters to or, you know, trying to get these listings or, or um, properties. Think of it as like, I'm a Disneyland employee, except for the one that told me that Mickey Mouse can't t- uh, tell the future. Do you remember oh, that one? Okay. Yes. Heather always tells a story about how. I'm still bitter. <laughs> Why don't you tell it since you brought up the story? I don't remember. It was like one of those like 24-hour things. It was before before we like had worked with Disney and stuff. You know, we've done a lot of stuff with them over the years. But um, I think that I wanted – one of the kids was tired, so I was going back to the hotel or something for them to rest. And I said, do you think that it'll be – we'll be able to get back in because they were going to close it at – Right. It was you know, a 24-hour leap day year thing. Was that what it was? Okay. There were so many crowds and they mm-hmm. they were talking about potentially cutting off – letting people back in the park. Yeah. And I was like, so do you think like, I'm like, do you have any idea? I'm like, it's not a big deal. If not, you know, we're fine. And she's turned to me and she's like, Mickey Mouse can't tell the future. She said, Mickey Mouse can't tell the future. She said it like that. Okay. Well, I hope <laughs> Mickey Mouse can't tell the future girl is watching. And because- then you said, well, yeah, but what do you think? Like, mm-hmm. do you think that we'll be able to get back? And she goes, Mickey Mouse can't tell the future. <laughs> like she wouldn't talk to me. She just kept talking in this like weird voice, which is, that's like the only Disneyland employee I have ever 
Uh-huh. Like yes. they're like amazing. So I just chalk it up that she was probably having a bad day and wow. or maybe that's just was her and yeah, but she's right. You think it was Mickey personal? Mouse can't tell, tell the future. No, I don't <laughs> think he can. <laughs> Funny. I'm gonna start using that. Kids ask him, Mickey Mouse can't tell the future. <laughs> so frustrating. But I think that's actually good to have in the back of your mind while you're running your business is that level of customers. Not Mickey Mouse can't tell the future, but right. you know. We got off on a little bit of a tangent here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. With fire and mm-hmm. land flipping, how else do you think it can tie in together? Like, so there's the obviously accumulating a larger nest egg, for lack of a better term, a larger nest egg to actually get to that point where you can fire. Mm-hmm. So do you think that there's ways that land flipping can also be used after you've hit that fire number? I think if you enjoy it, and I guess that's what we need to get to the bottom of is if you enjoy land flipping, which if like if we go back through that thing, if you have that kind of personality where you like the thrill of gambling, but you hate to gamble, that's you, mm-hmm. you know, right. penny slot machine guy over here. Yeah, I, I never win with gambling, so I hate it. Well, because you never play. You have to play to win. I've done I've done Five gambling cents. before. No, I've I've done all kinds of different gambling before, but I've never, you know, I'm not the type that's uh, a you know, a problem gambler or anything like that. I've I've done slot machines, I've done card games, I've done sports betting, you know, mm-hmm. I've tried them all, but I've lost every single time. But and I don't scratch think, off lottery tickets. You just don't everything. get the thrill of it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that you do like it was kind of like when doing the REOs or BPOs and short sale stuff, it's like New listing or whatever, you know, like you'd send a listing and you get kind of that thrill, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are somebody who enjoys that, because it's like when you get a deal, um, you see the money when you buy. I don't see money when we buy. I, I'm trying to train my brain to see the money when we buy, mm-hmm. but to me, it's just money going out. Right. But to you, it's like, we just made a bunch of money when you buy it. Okay. So you get that thrill. And then when you actually sell it, now you actually don't see money coming into the account. So it's just not even your thing. So you're still getting the thrill. Even You know what I mean? I think you have to identify where you get your thrill from. And if that's your personality, I think that it's going to be very difficult for you to stop even after you hit, you hit your fire number. Mm-hmm. Because you're doing something. You've built a business that's fun for you. So right. it's like. Yeah. I mean, I if you're asking me. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Pete, thoughts? What do you think? I think there's a couple of different ways that land flipping can be really utilized after you've hit that fire number. Uh, actually, a few ways now that I'm just kind of thinking three. thinking about it. Uh, three ways. So okay. let me let me start with number one. Okay, so the, first of all, the three ways that land flipping. Here's the three ways. Yeah. <laughs> Here are the three ways mm-hmm. that land flipping can be used after you hit your fire number. Okay. Number one, if you know how to flip land already. It can be a fun game for you to kind of do on the side. doesn't take much time, especially if you have a little bit of a system in place. I know people that are land investing that are kind of doing it a few hours a week, maybe two, three hours a week, kind of reviewing deals as they kind of come across their plate, deciding whether to move forward with them or not, and then listing them with an agent. Very easy process if you, if you want to do it that way. That just reminded me because you could then just donate that money. Right. Like that could be your fund for helping your charity. Your slush of your, fund to do whatever you want. Right. Really. You're right. It could be like your travel fund. Like your, so you've hit this number, but you've decided you want to live a more extravagant life. Mm-hmm. Like, or you want to donate or you have a cause that's really important to you or you want to help a kid do something, your kid or whatever. Okay, go on. Good stuff. Yeah. Number two. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new land conquest business system. 
It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. Okay, number two, you could also become... Well, more of a uh, passive investor in the in the land business. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Right, and this is this is what a lot of people do to actually break into the land business without having to do all the actual work. Basically, they're just a money partner on deals. So, say for instance, you come to me and you say, "Hey, Pete, I've got this twenty thousand dollar property I'd like to buy. I don't have the money to buy it, but where'd I know, my money go? I don't know. You spend it on various things. Okay." You think you could sell it for $50,000 and then after everything is uh, done, commissions, closing costs, everything will be paid, there'll be a $25,000 profit from that $20,000 purchase. So then I would, as the money partner, I would look at it and say, okay, yeah, this does look like a real deal. Your numbers make sense to me. I'll pay for the, I'll pay for this property. I'll get the title in my name, but then when it sells, we're going to split the deal. You brought the deal to me, I'll bring the money to the deal, and then we split the deal 50-50 when it's all done. But you got to do all the work, you got to communicate with the agent, you've got to see this paperwork through towards closing, you do all that stuff, I'll send the money. Deal? And then what happens is, you know, the money partner, it's very passive. You know, you might send an email every couple of weeks and kind of asking how things are going, you know, do we have any leads, it's is this property under contract yet? That type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really very passive. Well, hopefully you set it up ahead of time that you tell your expectations like, hey, I want a weekly update on what, you know. And there's a contract. Right. So, so you can dictate because, all that. Right. So it's it's all mm-hmm. laid out from the beginning. But it's a very, very passive way to do things, especially if you understand land and you can actually evaluate these properties. Then it's a, it's a great way to kind of stay in the game, get some great returns. And I don't know grow your nest egg a little more or use that money for, for whatever you want. But, I love that one. And I can't believe I didn't think of that before. Right. I mean, I guess I did think of it before, but I can't right. believe I didn't say it and you did. So so maybe you don't have to focus all of this extra effort on mm-hmm. on doing all the, the minutiae behind the scenes. Minutiae. Minutiae. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm using that properly, <laughs> but you can actually get a lot of the benefit as well. So in, uh-huh. in that case, say you sell it average hold time, say you sell it in 60 days, you made that $25,000 between us. Mm-hmm. I would get my money back, my initial 20000 pack. Then I would also get 50% of the profits, which would be 12500 So I get 32500 back. You would get 12500 and you didn't actually have to put out any money in order to get that 12500 You did the, like, the legwork. Right. I like that, though, too, because let's say I'm big on, on separating money. So it's like, 
okay, you want to try this new thing. Like when we started originally, it was like we set us, I was like, okay, how much do we need to set aside to, to try this out? Right. I can't remember. Do you remember what the number was? I can't remember, but let's just say it was, I don't know. Let's just say 10,000. I don't think it was. I don't think that's a real number. It was a lot more. Exactly. But we'll just say it was $10,000. I really like the idea of what you just said was like, I fired, like I have reached my number. I'm not working. I have this money. I do not want to commit to doing all that, but I want to learn enough to at least know that what I'm being presented is real. So I'm going to learn all this. And maybe by the time I learn it, I'm like, this is really cool. I'm going to do it because I can see that happening to a lot of people. Like I'm going to go into it being the least amount of work, but then they're like, I want to do this. Right. Right. Can you see that? Okay. But I learn it all. And then I just become a money person and I've set aside $50,000 of my money that I know if I lose it, which I'm not going to, but this is how my brain thinks. It's like, I set aside enough that I can lose it. Whatever your fire number is, make sure that, you know, you have enough that you could, you have that little chunk. And I'm just a money guy, or in this case, a money girl or money woman, money person. Thank you. And that's just all I do. And so then I keep that 50,000 working in my mind, you know, I need to, I can keep that, but I'm going to take back that profit and I'm going to, refill that 50,000 I took. And then it's just above that. I'm going to find something to do with that. I can see that being a real thing. Like I've separated this much money. I think 50,000 is probably, I mean, you, that would be great, right? 50,000 would be plenty to get it going, but I could see someone wanting to do 500,000 or whatever, you know, it's just depending on their fire number. I really, really like that idea. Mm -hmm. You still need to know enough to know what you need to know. Like, how do I say that? Yeah, right? You well, know? honestly, I, I like it for a number of ways because first of all, you're actually buying the asset, like the, oh, yeah, the deed in goes years. into your okay. name. You're buying real land mm-hmm. with a real asset value that if inflation continues, it's going to be worth more, even if it doesn't sell right away. Uh, you're buying an asset at, at a uh, very discounted price. I mean, that's the whole model, really. Mm-hmm. So you're buying the asset and it's going into your name at a very discounted price. And then you are getting some, if everything works out as planned, as the averages say, you're getting a really amazing return on your investment. In that example that we talked about, you made $12,500 on a $20,000 investment in 60 days. Mm -hmm. So that's over a 50% return on your money in 60 days. Mm -hmm. Where where else are you going to get that? When you're investing in real assets, you can actually see, you could actually drive to the property, you could walk around this 20 acre property or whatever it is. And it's a real asset. It's something real that mm-hmm. you own. Right. And then, and since you're making sure that it was bought right, you're still, you, you should be able to at least get what you've paid back no matter what. Yeah. Like, I, and I again, think that's, I'm the safeguard person. You're like, there's no way you're only going to get that. You're still going to get something. But in my brain, the way that it works, I'm like, well. So it's not a total loss. Not every deal is going to be a home run. Right. Not, you know, not every deal is going to work out the way you think it's going to work out. Some might actually work out better. But mm-hmm. on the downside, you know, if you can walk away from a deal without losing any money, the bad ones, you're doing well. Right. And I think it's funny, too, because having said all that about my personality and your personality, you're the hardest on yourself with the ones that you're like, oh, I don't, you know, there's been a couple where you're like, again, never lost money, but you haven't made as much as you thought you were going to make. And so like on that $20,000 one, you're like, oh, we only made 5,000. Again, these are fake numbers. You, you have your actual income reports where people right. can Go to turningprofit.com right. and check it out. You see exactly what each deal did. Right. And because I can never remember all the numbers. I make these things up, but he actually has it on the internet for all to see. But anyways, I laugh at you every single time you say like, oh, I thought this one might be like, you know way bigger or something. And I was like, okay, so $20,000. And then in 60 days, we made $5,000. I'm like, yeah, you suck. And I'm like laughing all the way to the 
bank wire coming in. Okay. Because literally that's really good. Mm -hmm. And then that money gets moved again. So even on the ones where you don't make as much as you like want to, if we were to take that $20,000 and actually track it through the whole entire year, I think you'd still be thrilled. I think the main thing that that people will be, you know, thinking about when they're hearing this Mm -hmm. is like, okay, that sounds great, but how do I get how do I get linked up with these people that've got these deals? How do I get this deal flow so in the first Pete, place? Yes. Well, I'm building a community <laughs> where land investors and deal partners will be able to come together and actually meet up and do deals together and everything. So we're going to put a link below this video where you could see the community that we just launched. Mm-hmm. And in time, it will build up to a uh, to really interesting platform where, where a lot of those type of things can ha- happen and a lot of uh, great uh, synergies can can develop, I think. Yeah, and I so. think along that same kind of thing um, are these conversations that you and I are having right now. It's om- we actually this is how we talk, mm-hmm. and like every single day for at least an hour, we go for a walk every single day. This is what we talk about. Like this is fun for us. So I know that we jump around a lot, but that's just you're actually seeing our real conversations. Yeah, like, you're getting this a is, brain download. Yeah, this is like literally. So this is our walk. Well, actually, we'll probably still take another walk. Maybe we'll talk about something else. But this is what we talk about all the time. And I think that this, um, your new community has a lot of this kind of same back and f- like real people that are starting are in it, have been doing it for a while. And then, you know, we're going to hopefully have a bunch of people that are willing to do the partners. Right. And in- so if you need money, Hopefully you'll be there, but then also if maybe you've already hit your fire number and you want to keep accumulating, come exactly. there. And by the way, I'm working diligently on a training program that shows how to evaluate property. It shows everything about the land flipping business in the way that we do it. So you can become educated and learn what a good, what is a good pro- mm-hmm. property, what's not a good property. And uh, yeah, ev- eventually, you know, eventually you'll know what to look for. Right. And, and uh, I don't have, to, I'll have other resources for that as well, but yeah. And on that note, it's the way that you're creating that is you're taking every single thing that you have learned up until this point, what has worked, what hasn't worked. Like you want everyone to be able to jump way ahead. And it's yeah, not it's just a, in yeah. land, it's in your whole real estate career of over 20 something years. So, and I think that's really important to point out because it's not just land. You know what I mean? Like there's contract negotiations, negotiating in general, and you're sharing like every single aspect of that. And then the other part of it is that the goal is to offer it for free. Oh yeah. It's all free. Yeah. And I that, mean, we'll have, mm-hmm. we'll have more extensive programs for people that want more assistance and, uh, and a higher level of service, but that's not, that's not really soon. That's something, you know, maybe later this year that we'll get into, but mm-hmm. I don't have anything on the agenda for right now. So as of right now, it's all free. There's nothing that we're selling. Right. And that also, you know, from the years of us selling courses, we know how to structure them really well. And we know now that it's way better to give it, I think, for free. Don't worry, we'll still make money. We're still making money on the land deal. So we're not starving or anything. You know what I mean? Well, we're in a unique position that we Mm -hmm. don't need to generate money from like the education side Mm -hmm. of things. We can provide that for free. And ultimately, we know that we'll get a lot in return by right. building this great community. Mm-hmm. So, and a rising ship. Can you say the thing so that I don't botch that one? A rising. Uh, I, I forget what. Rising uh, water. No. Uh, something a rising tide that raises all ships. Uh, yeah. Something along those. But anyways, lines. I think that there's a community of people that are real estate investors that kind of have that same feeling. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's helping everybody. If it helps you, it helps someone else, and it comes around. So. 
Okay. And number three. Number three. The third way that I think you could really um, leverage land flipping in the fire movement would be to actually buy properties and sell them on owner financing. Oh, see, I'm kind of disappointed in myself right now. You're like, you've got all of it. Okay, go on. This is not what we do. No. We don't actually sell any properties on owner financing. We sell everything, you know, traditional sale. We don't hold the financing. I'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I have a way, a workaround for that, which allows us to offer owner financing, mm-hmm. but we're not actually holding the note. Right. But regardless, as a someone who has hit their fire number mm-hmm. and you've got funds there that you want to keep working for you mm-hmm. and get a great rate of return, there are a lot of investors that will buy properties at a discount. So they'll buy something for 30 cents on the dollar. They will then put it on the market for a retail number, you know, say they say they bought a property for ten thousand, they put it on the market for thirty thousand, which is the retail value. What for that would you property. have listed that property at? What would I have listed that property uh, at? I Probably twenty five thousand. Okay, so like, because our model is sell it quick, sell it quick, so price it a little under. So these people are ask, asking retail, retail, right? Not just retail. Okay, right. go on. But the the way that they'll be able to sell it quickly, generally, mm-hmm. is that they will be able to offer owner financing. So you could do a situation where you ask for 20% down Mm -hmm. and then you hold a note for 10 years at 10%, something like that. So people will make those payments to you. And uh, so you get a great rate of return on that. You've got that down payment initially, which will offset closing costs and will actually pay down a lot of what you actually invested into the property initially. So then you will just be kind of just receiving payments and income for something for a very, very minimal investment at that point. Right. And, if and it's pe- all on autopilot. You hire a servicing company to actually re- receive those payments and communicate. And So you're not like, you're hey, not your payments laid yeah, or you're here's not doing your tax documents stuff. or anything. You're just collecting checks. And then worst case scenario, the person doesn't pay. Right. You get the property back. You resell it again. Exactly. And you've kept the 20%. You get an underdown helps. payment. Right. Exactly. You're getting a really substantial rate of return, you know, 10%. Or mm-hmm. so, something along those lines. Right. right. Wow. Okay. See, like, I, I actually like it when we don't talk about all this beforehand, because I would have stolen that and just pretended I was the one who, like, thought of all these ideas. Okay. Well. I'm impressed. You're behind all of these ideas, Heather. No. No. That was, like, that was really good, though, because I think that that's, that's a way that you can you can fire and not just keep that money in the stock market. And I think a lot of people, a lot of them have the allocation where they do, you know, their age and bonds and the rest and then, you know, index funds or, or manage or whatever, you know, and this is stuff where you can make more than that. And every single one of them is actually tied to something real. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're at the whim of a real estate market, but you're not at the whim of, you know, the stock market, which is totally different. So the way that, um, to kind of tie it back, I, I mentioned that I've got a way now where I'm actually able to sell properties, but offer owner financing and not hold a note. And the way that I do that is I, I have someone that I've found that will actually buy the note from me at closing. So what happens is we sell a property for, you know, we have to sell it closer to the retail price in order for it to make sense. So we sell it for the retail price. They put the money down. So basically we sell it for the retail price. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, we sell the note at closing to another investor. And they now, get a discount on that. Right. So they get a discount on the note. So, so we're if paying, the note was $30,000 and uh, you don't they buy it for, numbers. well, they buy it for a 20% discount. Okay. 
So, which is fine because we've now we marked it up more with the intention that this one might need to be sold. Right. Theoretically, if we were going to do it like that, we right. would say, okay, instead so I'm of not doing sell it for a discount in cash price, right? You know, I'd sell it for closer mm-hmm. to the retail value. Probably not exactly at the retail value, but but pretty close in order mm-hmm. to attract attention and uh, and get it sold. Right. And that's a win-win because a lot of people are like, oh, I like that. You know, I love owner financing. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I think owner financing is amazing. It is. Yeah. So, and I love that we can now offer that to some of them mm-hmm. that we know that would be the best uh, workway. Certain areas or properties that we've owned, you know, there's a lot, like maybe it didn't sell like the way we wanted or whatever. That is actually really, really good. So the whole thing is that, you know, land flipping can help you reach fire faster. Land flipping can help you uh, really pump up your um, retirement, pump up your retirement account. <laughs> Going back to the nineties, yeah. And then it can also help you generate additional wealth actively or inactively, passively, passively. Um, after fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So land flipping and fire movement, I think, have a lot of mm-hmm. synergies. I right. Guess you do you say. think you would ever do a traditional fire, where like we hit our number and that's it? I don't know. I don't know what we don't do. Don't do anything. Right. We're just like done. And we just mm. moved to Guatemala. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have any desire to go there. Personally, me, I mean, I don't think I'd be happy. Right. I need progress. I need to be working towards something in order to feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. When I look back on my life and, you know, you always go through. Look back on your life. Well, when you go wow. through in my like working career uh-huh. and certain times were ultra productive and I had a clear goal of things I was working towards. Other times I was just more kind of doing the status quo every day mm-hmm. and not really thinking as much about trying to get ahead or work towards a, a particular goal. And I was happiest. I've always been happiest working towards a particular goal or working towards something. They actually say that there's a big correlation. And I've seen it actually where someone retires from a long career and then they pass away not too long after, you know, you hear that a lot. Uh, I know I had a, this one sheriff that I, when I worked at a bank, he would come in. He was just the mist. He was awesome. Just great guy. And he passed away within like a couple of weeks of retiring. I remember like the big retirement party and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. And like you hear that a lot. Um, I think that for you, I think that would be very dangerous for you to not medically like that, but I think it'd be very dangerous for you to have nothing that you're working towards. Meaning that you would just, you need that kind of drive. I think there's some people, and if it's a traditional job that you hate, it's probably the best thing. But then again, you're out of a, out of your rhythm. So I think that even if you're thinking of firing and doing that, I think that I, I know there's cycles. There's probably a depression that comes after that. And I, I, I've actually read about that. And then you kind of get into a new normal. And I think it depends on your whole path and your goals. And maybe you have young kids. That's totally different. It was like, they will keep you busy. Me personally, I think I'm a warrior. And if I had all that time on my hand, can you imagine? I would create things to worry about. Well, the way I see it is I would imagine at some point I'll probably be maybe less active in our day-to-day businesses. I still would want to have my pulse on everything and making some of the upper level decisions mm-hmm. and keeping the game moving forward because ultimately it's a game and, and with these it's real estate investors, it's all yeah. a game. You know, you're always kind of trying to real estate win is the a game. game. <laughs> I don't think people mention that enough. Right. Like there's, I, there's crossover with video games mm-hmm. and this. You know what I mean? How like, do you remember those? I haven't played video games since the 80s, but it was like you leveled to the net. You know what I mean? That's all this is. It's like you conquer one level and then you're like, I want it bigger, better. You know what I mean? And then you you have the same kind of, maybe it's not like the little troll jumping in front of you, but there's going to be something that's kind of like that. And I guess if you look at your everyday thing and like, where's my where am I starting today and where do I want to end and where are the trolls, you know, like 
that could be a great video clip that, that would make be. no sense. But yeah, I think that that's actually like really true. It's just if you look at it as a game, you yeah. know, and what level do you want to play? Yeah, what level you want to get to. Right. Yeah. And even when you hit the end, do you remember when you would hit the end of the game and you were like, I wish there was more? I know. And I think then that, you got to go out and buy another game. Right. But maybe like fire could be the end of your, you hit fire and then the land investing could be the fun after the, you yeah. know. Keeps you in the game. Keeps you doing stuff. Keeps you interested. Mm-hmm. Because I know if I wasn't spending my time on the business game, the real estate investment game, I'd probably find something else to become completely obsessed with right. and work towards like golf or I don't, I don't, you know, I don't foresee something like that, but something else would have to take its place. Right. Yeah. And that's either a good or a bad. Mm -hmm. Thankfully for you, you tend towards the good habits, but. Right. uh, Yeah. So I I like to, you know, this is a productive, productive thing for me and I mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. So it's, it's a good match. So I don't, I don't see any situation in in the near future, at least where I would want to do that and just completely check out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of why we decided early on, if two years in that, that the training would be the next level, because I think that keeps it fresh for you and it keeps the energy level up and you're bringing new people in. Well, you're providing what you would have needed that would have catapulted you. Right. But also I think that it's the community is important, but also that it's, it keeps you going. Like you're, it's not stagnant. You're not going to just be doing this. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you, you're bringing layers onto it and maybe that's another level of the game. Right. I like that. Well, and and as we're building our business, we're we're building our team. I'm I'm taking away kind of day to day tasks that I've been doing, and training team members to kind of help with those tasks. You know, some of the day to day stuff that I don't enjoy as much, maybe, but other team members might excel in those different areas. So we're, you know, trying to do a lot of those things so I can remain focused on keeping the business moving forward, doing as many deals as we can, because that's what I really love. Mm-hmm. I love the deals, buying and selling. I love that kind of so stuff. So you want to so, keep doing that and the stuff that you don't like as much, you're outsourcing. Right. And, and maybe and with. maybe the things that I'm not as great at, you know, as when you start a business, any business really, and, and a lot, unless you're getting, you know, VC funding or something like that, where you can start with a big staff from the beginning, mm-hmm. as a entrepreneur, you're kind of doing everything in the beginning. And then you're gradually bringing on team members and training them to do one of the aspects of what you were doing yourself. Which I think is so important because it goes back to even if you're just going to be investing, you need to understand the whole thing. Because if someone, you know, eventually you have a team member that does something and they do something and you you need to know, is that right or wrong? And people bring unique, you know, views and ideas. And it's not like saying, no, you can't do that. But you need to understand the basis of it to be able to make the, the best decisions. I have one more question for you. Okay. So ready for my question? Ready. Fire, I, I fire away, Heather. I enjoyed the joke. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you, if we fire tomorrow in the traditional way, we have our number. Let's say our number is $50 million. Again, I like making up numbers. Which of those three ways would, would be your first two, the ones that we talked about for using post-fire money to kind of keep things going? Which one would you, one, two, or three? Well, that's a, that's a hard question to answer because we've built up this business now with mm-hmm. With all these people kind of doing the active side okay, of things. Okay, but you're not, you, we didn't do it that way. We had restaurants. Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, okay. So you're saying just coming in from... Mm-hmm. From from that are vegan restaurants. Okay, vegan restaurants. Uh-huh. Okay, an Italian, a Mexican, right. and a French one. Right. I think the best way at that point would be to just be a money partner. 
That's what you would do. Mm-hmm. That would be your first go-to. Yeah, because I'd be able to look at evaluate deals and I would be, you know, I'd be able to, you, you know, get to do still all the get fun in the, stuff. Yeah, I'd still get upside in these deals. I would get to, you know, meet and interact with a lot of different investors that are trying to, you know, move forward themselves. I, that would be kind of fun to me. And you know what? You'd be building your portfolio of exactly. properties too, because they're going in your name. Right. So you're still building that up. Okay. So you would do that one. I would do that one. What would you do? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. If I had you to analyze all the deals. Um, <laughs> but that's would, that's another thing. And, and we were talking about this uh-huh. the other day. We're actually going to, I mean, the big plan is we, mm-hmm. we want to put together a service where we can analyze all the deals for you. Right. And, and that came too, because again, you know, we're very different. I love, and, and we've, we've talked about that before. Like I'm not jumping in your deals. You know, you're doing these deals and we talk about them sometimes, but that you help me with negotiation sometimes. Sometimes. But the funny thing is that I'll, you'll say like, so should we accept this or should we do that? And I will say something and it'll be the exact same thing you would have done. Like the to the number. Like there was just one a couple days ago that I, I said, yeah, I can't remember what it even was about, but it was like, I don't know, it was 3,000 or 9,000. I said this number and you were like, and because I was in the other room and you at the same exact time, you said the exact same number. And I was like, this is so weird. I'm like, do you hear my voice in your head? And you were like- We're on the same page at yeah, this point and yeah, so many things. Right, Crazy, which is, but. I know it's weird, but um, I, so anyways, thinking about what could we offer that would help other people? I am, I love- land now. I think it's really cool. And I can see the value and I think it's fun. And when you get a good deal and I like learning about the actual piece of land, you know, but I have to stop myself from getting attached because it's like, oh my God, there was history or something. But the problem for me would be trusting my gut when I'm analyzing the deal. And so I have kind of, you know, where my weaknesses would be, you know, because I would be like, I think it's worth this. And like I said, we're normally on the same page. So I'm throwing out the same number as you. However, it's that whole trusting my number. Like, do I feel, you know what I mean? Would I use that number? So you look at that and you say, okay, where, where would the sticking points be for someone like Heather, who has the opposite personality and you're trying to solve all these problems. So if you could create a service that could give that, like they would give their independent question or uh, value that would help me. Mm-hmm. So if like, if I was doing my own deals and I, you know, we're still working out the the dynamics of that, but you have a lot of these things that you've come up with that are the solutions. So I think that that's going to be like, you might be thinking right now, like, I really want to get into this, but you know, maybe you just don't have time for, for a lot of these aspects, you have the money or you don't have the money, but you have the time and you have the drive to do it. It's like, we're trying to look at every single scenario out there and create solutions because there is infinite amounts of land. Yes. I mean, if you've ever been in a plane and gone from California to Florida or New York or any, mm-hmm. you're, you're flying over this vast country with just endless amounts of vacant land. And really, especially at night when you're going over and you're seeing the lights and everywhere, those lights represent the towns and the cities mm-hmm. and everything. But those are very few and far between. Yeah, it's the darkness that's like the most. Yes, that's just, the darkness is the va- rural right. vacant land. And mm-hmm. that's what we deal in. Yeah. And the funny thing, too, is if you live in a place like Southern California, it feel and especially if you don't kind of go into like east too much or you don't drive to vegas it kind of feels like there's no like everything's kind of built up Mm -hmm. like it feels like it's dense right when we did that drive across the country we realized that wow wow it's it's amazing yeah and the thing is like you know you can be the smartest whatever person but having not exactly yeah Mm. uh exactly having not (laughs) please don't make me choke on air until you've driven across the country you don't realize you know the extent of what it is the other thing that i think is really interesting is the path of progress. You know what I mean? Like these new hotspots pop up all the time. It's like 
someone will announce a new, I don't know what they're building, right? And you can look around that area and be like, okay, where is the path of progress going to happen here? And you can get in early. So you have to be someone who's willing to research it. But if you're retired and you have the time, but you have the drive, whatever your situation is. I don't know. When you, we talk about this all the time. Like we don't go, you know, half ass on anything. I just said a bad word. My apologies. And maybe to the excessive amount that we go into it. You know what I mean? Like if we're going to learn something, we're like all in. Uh, and to this extent that I have to tell you on Friday nights that you're not allowed to do any sort of research or anything, which I know you still cheat on me and do. You know what I mean? I'll walk by. Like, I don't cheat on you, Heather. In this, Yeah. In this sense, you do. Because I know I'll be like, I'll send you recommendations for movies to watch. That's just like if I see something pop up throughout the week, I'm like, Friday night, you know. You should relax and watch this movie or something. And I'll walk by and I'll be like, what are you watching and you're or doing? Oh, I just watched a movie. And I'm like, really? Because it looks like you're on your laptop researching land. Well. But it's fun, right? That's why. I know. I do what I want to do, but uh-huh. that's kind of fun to me. Right. So if I feel like I want to research properties mm-hmm. and look at deals, that's what I'll do. But I think if you have that kind of, like, for me, it's I'm all in on, like, I my thing is just, you know, I need to optimize things, right? I'm trying to optimize your medical life. I'm sure you love that. Huh? Anything medical, ah, you should have this test. You should do this, you know? But it's if I go on and, and optimizing something, I'm going deep into do it. And I think that there is a lot of people like us that can redirect. Like if you're really into something, if you're a huge sports fan, I would highly recommend funneling some of that energy into something like this. You know what I mean? Like if you identify yourself as someone who's just like all into something and you've got that personality, when you're kind of doing your off time, plan for your fire after fire. Plan for right. your after fire? Honestly, I think if that type of thing resonates with you, three months or so of really focused work mm-hmm. and learning how to evaluate properties could set you up for a lifetime, really. Yeah, and then do some driving for dollars on Google Maps. Mm. Do you remember back in the old days we actually did drive for dollars? Right. Like we would throw the kids in the car, not literally. They were in car seats, strapped in, and um, get some snacks, and we would – we call it there like, oh, driving for dollars. And I'm sure people still do it. But now you don't have to physically. Virtually. Yeah, yes. You can virtually drive for dollars. Right, but but, like, and we use a lot of apps where we can mm-hmm. investigate all these properties from from our desktop. Yeah. And which is crazy because you can see the like the hills. It's, it's crazy to me what you can see. But that would be fun for you too. like pick an area like you. You also like where you grew up right in Pennsylvania. You, I mean, there, we can go into all the different areas, and I'm sure we talked about it before, but I think that that's a good place to start. Like, if your local area is a little outside of – I'm sure there's people that land flip here in Southern California. I'm there sure. There are. Mm-hmm. That's not in my budget. Mm-hmm. Because that – well, and it, not in my budget. That's not, in, that's not in my – or our plan, I guess, because that ties up a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they take longer. It's so. you know they're they're dealing with these infill lots. You know if if it's closer to the cities or the towns, but I'm then thinking of also, like these outside. Yeah. Also, like there's the desert areas where it's like desert squares, mm-hmm. which are cheap properties, but they may not be used for anything in the near future. No, but I guess there's some people that are like big into like you know that path of progress kind of thing that they do it like way outside the city line, and they say I'm going to buy this, and maybe it's not my lifetime or my kids' lifetime or my grandkids' lifetime, but. At some point. But the problem with that is that it's diluted by the time it reaches that. Like, because those kids all probably have kids, they'll have kids, and then you're paying property taxes. And I don't know. But it's just interesting because I think that once you fought, like, you should plan for the post fire, know your personality, and start working on that before you even get to it, if you think that's what it's going to be. Right. And I think a lot of people that are into the fire movement kind of think like we do. They're the ones that have that determination. They're willing to put in the work. 
not satisfied with what the standard path is that right, you're supposed path. to be doing. You know, uh-huh. work for a company for, you know, 40 years and then get to retirement and then golf, you know, right. on your off time. I don't, and, you know, talking about medical stuff, a, a lot of the discussion comes up like, well, I fired. What am I? What's my how am I going to pay for medical insurance or whatever? And I think that this could be a really good way just instead of thinking of how am I going to scrimp to pay for this or make this affordable, throw that off the table and say, how am I going to make the money every year just to cover this? That's a much easier way to do things. When you make that mindset shift, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to actually turn up your income rather than to dial back your expenses. Right. And you only live once. And that's another thing that I keep thinking about. It's like, yeah, it makes sense to, I mean, like big purchases. I'm not the type that's out there like throwing money at, I don't even know. I don't care about jewelry very much, right? Some people do. If that's your thing, that's great. But like I I use it where it counts. You know what I mean? And I think I would rather live, and a lot of people would, a life that feels comfortable as opposed to one that I'm forcing myself to be um, restricted. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's an abundance life. That's the way we view things. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of money floating around this world. There's no, I guess, uh, deficiency in, in resources and things out there. So you just got to learn how to, you know, accumulate more of those resources mm-hmm. and money and things for yourself. Yeah. I mean, especially in the U.S. Yes. Like, I think that a lot of times we forget how, like, lucky we are. Of, of course, every country has needs work. I'm not saying that. But I feel like there's so much opportunity here. There is. And if you don't have the money backing, there's partners. Yeah, that's the thing. So there's don't a, There's a way. <laughs> yeah. There's a way. Yeah. And really. maybe you start with partners and you build up until you have that, you know, that money. And and, a lot of people start that way. Right. Right. So. Right. You know, you'll you'll grow quicker if you're if it's just your money you're using. Mm-hmm. But you just do twice as many deals and you'll make the same amount as that other person. Right. So. Right. And then you'll, you know, you might still keep some on or not or. um, Yeah. So I think it's a good place to stop. Yeah. So just a reminder, if you are at all interested in or think you're interested in land flipping at all, definitely check out our website, turningprofit.com. And on that site, you'll see that we do a monthly income report. When I say we, it's me. Pete, yeah. I do a monthly income (laughs) report where I break down all of our income for that month our gross profit for that month, every single deal we did, you know, what we bought it for, what we sold it for, how many days we held it for, notes about that property, what went well, what maybe didn't go well. So it give you a little insight about what this business is all about and maybe what is possible. So we'll definitely start there. Also, uh, we've got a, a new community that we just launched that we talked about briefly here. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. It's and it's hopping hop- already. And See, stole the word. Yes, hopping. Mm-hmm. It is hopping in there. And uh, yeah, so it's only in its infancy and we'd love to have you join over there and just read some stuff and maybe just lurk if you want to initially. But that's where I'll also be releasing the new uh, free training program that, that is coming very soon. How can they reach you? Definitely uh, by email at reese at turningprofit.com. And then we are all over social media as well. We film lots of little clips and those are on there. And uh, that is turning underscore profit on Instagram, the same on TikTok, and then our YouTube channel is turning profit. So awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. We've already, you know, how many episodes have we done now? Eight or nine? Eight. Put, put you on the spot there. So, I mean, 
we've gotten so many messages and emails. I just thank you guys for watching. This and is most something- of them have been nice messages. <laughs> I think all of them have been. I don't know if we've gotten any bad. Horrible. But thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. We're having a lot of fun doing it. Our whole goal is to talk about all different types of turning profit with real estate for people who like real estate. And I think we've definitely found a community of people who share that value, that they right. love value, that share that that Those drive, values, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the, the value of loving real estate. Yeah, sure. So we're going to be bringing you even more. If you have any ideas for an episode, someone that you think we should talk to that's a, an expert in a certain area, email us and um, we will see you next time. All right. Thank Bye. you. All right. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.